Good morning. This is John Murtha coming to you from Power 89.1 Radio from Lorain, Ohio. We're so happy that you tuned in today. Uh, a beautiful day. And I'm here in the station with radio engineer uh, Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. And my friend and assistant, David Abood. David. Good morning. Good to be here, John. It's really good to be here. You know, as we always say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Yes. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. And as I said, you're listening to WNZN.org. That's where you can go hear us if you want to live stream. Again, www.wnzn.org. And if you'd like to call in, or maybe you have a comment or a question, that's 440-399-3044. 440-399-3044. And David, we're going to cap off today a series we started a couple weeks ago right. on the book of Isaiah. And we looked at the fact that this book is really most one of the most incredible, I think, of what's called the major prophets in the Old Testament. And there's no other prophetic book quoted more times in the New Testament than the book of Isaiah. And we're going to see in a minute, Jesus opens his ministry by quoting from Isaiah. His ministry ends. You're going to look at that today in Isaiah 52 and 53. And it's just all the way through. And to have a grasp of the book of Isaiah is really like the Rosetta Stone, or it's like a... Uh, window that God opens for us that we can look into the New Testament. And this, right. this is like written 600 years plus yeah. uh, prior to the start of the New Testament. Right. And so just for example, you know, when you see the beginning of, of Jesus' ministry in, in Luke chapter 4, uh, he's in the synagogue. He's in his hometown of Nazareth. He goes into the synagogue. I'm in Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 17. They hand him the book of Isaiah. And he opens it. Of course, these were scrolls, yeah. and we call them books. Right. And, he, and, right. and he found the place where it said, and he quotes, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the recovery of sight to the blind, to set liberty to those that are impressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant and yeah. sat down. And the eyes of the people of the synagogue were fixed on him. Yeah. And then he says, he says to them, uh, today the scriptures have been fulfilled in your ears. Mm, yes. That is so p powerful yeah. because mm -hmm. he, is, he is saying he is the anointed one. He's the Messiah. This is it. It's starting, you know, if you will, game on. Because why? He's here, the time of God's visitation. And one of the ways he's going to do it, not just by preaching the good news, setting prisoners free but opening blind eyes yeah. the deaf will hear the one and it's it's <laughs> and the world has never been the same again you yeah. know, I don't know if they say yeah. that and, and what you read from Luke 4 uh, 16 through 21 John it, it's a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah which in 61 1 to 3 it reads the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he mm. has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. That's, that's identical to what you know Christ read in Luke 4. So, right, but yeah. there's an interesting thing there, David. Yep. If you notice where Jesus stops, do you notice that where he yes. stops? Yeah. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. There's a comma there, but he stops there. Yes, good point. What doesn't he say? What's the next verse? Yeah. So, 
and uh, the day of the, the day vengeance. Of vengeance of See, <laughs> that's yet to come. Right. Jesus stops on a comma. Excellent mm. point. Because we yeah. are in the day of the favor of the Lord. Now, the day of God's wrath is coming. And yes. he doesn't want anybody yeah. to face that. That's why he says repent and flee. But notice how he stops on a comma. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, it's very powerful. Yes. Uh, this, the word of God is extremely powerful, but it's in high detail. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. So, David, you know, this, this is what's going on. And, again, the, the, what makes the Bible... I mean, it's so many levels, so incredible. It's a unified book. Mm -hmm. it, it, is, it is from the beginning to the end. It's a singular story, and it's his story. Mm -hmm. we, that's where we get the word history. Mm -hmm. It's his story. And here he opens it up by saying he's coming, he's starting this ministry, and here's going to be the identifying marks of what it means. That God, in a sense, is in a very literal sense, is walking amongst us, you see. And, and, and there was hints all the way through the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. In the book of Genesis, we see where God comes down and he has conversation with Abraham. He has conversations with Isaac. Right. At one right. time, I believe it's in Genesis, he comes down and says he goes up again. Mm -hmm. These are called theophanies or an appearance of God. Then in Exodus, he says to Moses in chapter 25 of Exodus, make me a tent or a tabernacle. I'm going to live with you. I'm going to yeah. dwell with you. And he was with them. Cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. But God was with them. Now God is with us. In, when Jesus opened his up, he is with us in flesh and blood, moving and walking. You understand? It's, it's very consistent. Yeah. It's a consistent story, mm -hmm. and, and people kind of overlook it. Yeah. You know, He does all that. We're going to get to when you get to 53 of Isaiah, that his death, burial, and resurrection, his ascension, he says, I'll send forth the Holy Spirit so that we can become what? The dwelling place of God. Our mm. bodies can become. And so when you study the scriptures, it goes A, B, C. You know, if you connect the dots, yeah. it's what theologians call it. It's sequitur. Mm -hmm. It's sequenced. It follows. Yes. But so many people don't look at this. Mm. And he, because he's offering us the greatest possession in the universe, what Paul calls the greatest mystery of all the ages. What is it? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Yeah. Colossians 1. Mm. And we have to walk people through this sim what I call simplified story mm -hmm. format because people look at the Bible and they, they see a, a forest, they see a jungle, they go, mm -hmm. I can't understand it, yeah. Deuteronomy, and Exodus, mm -hmm. and da, da 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 But no, look for the overarching theme and yeah. then start getting into the high detail. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, uh, I, I think that's what happened to me when I started with mm -hmm. you, John, a few mm -hmm. years back is it was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had me read the Bible mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end and I was overwhelmed with the Old Testament. I was like, how am I supposed to keep all these people straight? Sure. But then there's eddies and, and ripples underneath the white water where you focus on the story of Jesus and the prophecies of Jesus. Mm. And that bring, brought it all together for me. And that's the key for me. Yeah. And how I, I take the Old Testament with the New just to show that it's a perfect puzzle. Mm -hmm. yeah. It all comes together. Seven, eight hundred years Isaiah lived before this was ever foretold and Christ walked down the earth. That's the powerful piece. Yeah, when Jesus says, this day, this is yeah. fulfilled. You see, you're not going to get another, like yeah. Buddha or Muhammad or Lao Tzu or Joseph Smith or any of these other founders of religion are never going to say that. Mm -hmm. You can challenge them on it yeah. because they cannot fulfill a prediction that was, well, Isaiah, 700 years prior to Christ. Mm. Well, David in Psalm 22 is talking about Jesus. That's a thousand years out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's at the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 3 where God says the seed of the woman will crush the head of the the, 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 the seed of the serpent's head. Those are all prophetic that come to fulfillment a thousand, two thousand, you know. Mm -hmm. Who who can do that but yeah. God himself? Yeah. You know, so yeah. the, the 
the system is tight. I mean, it really is what I call soundproof. You know, I mean, it really is solid, yeah. our sources of authority. And then what we see from the Dead Sea Scrolls with over 98% accuracy is it's the same Bible that we're reading today. And that was, what, a thousand years ago that the Dead Sea Scrolls were written. And Isaiah is complete in the Dead Sea Scrolls. All 66 books yeah, right, are in there. Right. Every book is in there. Isn't that something? Yeah, as a matter of fact, in Jerusalem, you, well, you've been there, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's called the, the Museum mm-hmm. uh, of the Scroll. And it's shaped like the top of a, a vessel, a clay mm-hmm. vessel. Yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. you go in, they got this all these things in like museum-like display. Yeah. But a big circular yeah. is the unrolling, I think it's 26 foot, of the scroll of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And it's letter perfect for what we have in front of us in what mm-hmm. is 2018. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, if people are looking for proof, here's the problem. People are looking for reasons not to believe. Absolutely. People have to look for reasons to, to believe. Because there's an old adage that says, God mm-hmm. provides enough light that those that seek him will find him, but enough shadow for those that don't, won't. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. If we really yeah. want to seek God and seek his plan, he wants us yeah. to come to him. That's Absolutely. his desire. He's not willing that any should perish, yeah. but that all come to repentance. But yeah. we run away. We're a little like Adam and Eve. We run away and we hide in the trees and we're scared and we're, da, 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 you know, yeah. he wants us to come to him. Well, the book of Isaiah can bring you to him. Yes. And, you know, uh, it really w- w- what Isaiah brought, John, is we were researching this for the show to me, is the fact of God's favor. And just the stories in there about Jesus coming and the favor that it brings. Who wouldn't want that favor in your life? And so for me, you know, the more I look at it, the more I connect the dots, it's overwhelming. We are saved already. And so that's the part, that's the reason you want to keep reviewing this and connecting the dots so that you see your feelings are correct when you feel that you're saved and you're free. That doesn't mean you can't live a bad life, you know, or that you can live a bad life. But at the end of the day, it's freeing. It is so freeing, it's unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And, and so that's the part I'm hoping people understand when they start to get into it. I didn't understand that my whole life. Yeah. Is I thought it was just a joke. Mm-hmm. I, I, because, you know, uh, the way I was raised, it was like, yeah, okay, here people are on the pedestal and I'm mm-hmm. down here. That's not the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's freeing. It'll change your life. That's Absolutely. a good point. Really, it really will. So, Absolutely. That's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so... To your point, David, the treasures that are contained wherein in this book, but the book only brings us to Jesus. The book is extremely important, but Jesus says, search the scriptures for they testify of me. He is he is the living word. And just like the book is the menu, but Jesus is the meal, so too as we read this, it leads us into a deeper relationship yeah. with the person of Jesus Christ. And like you say, Jesus says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And one of the things people are looking for in the world today is what he offers. He offers us peace. Mm-hmm. But he says, not, I give you peace, not like the world gives you peace. He says, I give you joy, joy beyond understanding. He says, I give you, I give you an assurance that though you die, you shall live again. You know, he says, I'll, I'll reveal myself to you through answered prayer. All of us at this table, at this station, can attest to the fact that yes. God has answered in tangible, yes. manifest ways, Absolutely. answers to prayer. It's not like pie in the sky, I wish, I'm just yeah. throwing this prayer out. In the, you know, yeah. No, about a situation, mm-hmm. yes. about a relationship, mm-hmm. about a job, yes. about an illness, about, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Real things. Real things. Material things mm-hmm. in the sense, and I'm not talking about wealth or anything, mm-hmm. I'm just talking about 
seen people move, seen events come together that shouldn't have come together. Absolutely. Seen people drop out from places you couldn't have found them on your own. Yeah. The, the, those are the incredible things. I mean, if we had to make a movie and we just put our own three stories in there, yeah. it would be a real interesting yeah, movie. Absolutely. Can you imagine what the masses are experiencing absolutely. that are following the Lord that get this? Right. Yeah. I and, mean, the, and that's the power of it, John. Right. And, and what it is is people don't realize that this is the key to open the door yes. mm -hmm. to this treasure house. Mm -hmm. And we go by life and this key yeah. is laying in the dust. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. For mm -hmm. 27 years, I didn't yeah. know. And I'm like looking like crazy and I'm studying Eastern religions and I'm going here and I'm going there and I'm running. And then all of a sudden there it was, you know, you open it and then it's, it's literally like you come into a treasure house, you know, yeah. all you have is your understanding. You have fellowship, you know, we go to Israel. We got people going. I go to Thailand next year. People meet you at the airport. You got brothers and sisters in Christ. All this wealth. And this is just a little part. What's to come is so much greater. That's why it says in Romans, I hath not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man what great things God has prepared for those that love him. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't have to focus on your denomination. You know, this is basically just following Christ. Exactly. So it doesn't matter what denomination you are. We can hold hands with any church. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. And so I think, you know, the the, the, uh, the yellow brick road, and we yeah, brought right. this up last time, <laughs> to the promised land is this path, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where you take Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I think the misnomer is when people think, okay, I'm free, I'm on the path. Right. No, and then we talked last week about the flying monkeys okay. continuing mm -hmm. to come overhead mm -hmm. and try and knock you off that path. That's why it's so important, before we get into some of the scripture, mm -hmm. that you are in a community, especially if you're new and you're starting off like this, you've got to be with other people Absolutely. where those flying monkeys will knock you off easily because they know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the other people will pull you back onto the path and hold your hand mm -hmm. while you're getting knocked off. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want people to think, because it's it's not my experience, the minute you take Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't always go real smooth. Right. It gets worse because the enemy doesn't want you to go down that path. Sure. Mm -hmm. And you've experienced that in your missionary field a ton, John, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, when we were on the mission field, we lived in Southeast Asia for years with a wide variety of uh, different people, mm -hmm. literally yeah. ethnic. You know, we had Irish, Singaporean, Chinese, South Korean all Americans, Australians, but the things that divided us paled in comparison to the things that we had in common. Yeah. Now, the closer we come to Christ, the less our differences appear. The further we get away from Christ, the more our differences are magnified. Yes. Think of spokes Good on a point. wheel. Yeah. The closer you get to the center of that wheel, the more the spokes come together. The further they get away the more distance there is between each spoke. Mm -hmm. And this is true ethnically, racially, yeah. uh, income-wise, denominationally. Yeah. But the closer you come to the Lord, <laughs> you, differences, believe me, pale, because what we have in common is so much greater than that which divides us yes. as believers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you see, we're all part of the same body. You might be the hand, I might be the foot, mm -hmm. Wanda might be the mm -hmm. eyes, mm -hmm. but Jesus is the head, yeah. and, and he unites it and unites us. And, and that's an excellent point, Wanda. I'm sure you've, you, you've seen this. Mm -hmm. Your lenses are different Absolutely. When, when, when you're following uh, in Christ Absolutely. because then you have the blinders on to the differences mm -hmm. of other people that may have annoyed you before. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what you're referencing, but I've seen it too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm excited to see how much I've changed 
man, do I got a ton of work to do in, in all aspects Absolutely. of my life. Absolutely. But I, even the small changes I've made have been very meaningful mm-hmm. for my family and mm-hmm. I. And, and it comes down to the word. Yeah. It comes down to what we're doing here today. Mm-hmm. It, that, that is the key difference. Absolutely. Forget about it. It's not working out in the gym. It's not reading a, a health care book about you know how to eat better that's mm-hmm. all important stuff mm-hmm. don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but it's this this is the biggest that's change it. you can make in your that's life it. it's the biggest change you can do now mm-hmm. exactly. it's the biggest change you can ever do yeah. and I, I so agree because I wish 20 years ago <laughs> 30 years ago hmm. that's, a, that's as far as I'm going to go Whoa. that um, a a John Murtha yeah with with the way with the with, he's a he's a walking Bible who can rightly divide the scripture. Yeah. And if that I know my spiritual walk would have been here with that just in the past uh, two years and we always talk about mm-hmm. to go to God be the glory it, but had I had this in my life back then mm. as a kid Are you kidding? Oh my mommy? God. I'm, you're talking a spiritual yeah. giant wow. because they're they're the lenses, the 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 the, yeah. the level of revelation that is revealed just by being around someone with this level of wisdom yeah. is life changing. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, and we're very so I blessed. I agree. I and we're very blessed to have John. And I think the people that don't have a John could find a John in I'm their so church. I'm so sorry for them. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but you know, but the good news is they can find somebody in their church, a pastor, Absolutely. somebody else. And I think that's so important. So, I mean, there's so much here, e- even today in Isaiah 53, yeah. right. where, um, where we'll probably get into that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Wanda. That's very kind, yeah. but it's humbling, yeah, it's true, too. Though. You yeah. know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, yeah. Paul, Paul, but that's for each one of us. You know, yeah. each one of us, somebody's following us. If we're a disciple maker, that means somebody's following us. And yeah. it's, it's, a, it's humbling, but it's also... Um, encouraging to know you can touch somebody's lives you know and and this is the one thing jesus constantly repeated after his resurrection was go make disciples go make disciples and so much of a discipleship is to follow how jesus did it i remember a pastor says well how do you make disciples well i said how did jesus do it he's the master disciple maker Mm. if you study he went to where they worked okay he went to weddings he taught them, he scolded them, he encouraged them, <laughs> he put them in the leadership before they thought they were worried. He told them of great promises. He also told them about persecution that was coming. Mm-hmm. He told them about rewards. He, he, and he modeled it. You see yeah. what I'm saying? He did all these things, but then he left that for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, what Jesus did with those 12 men, then it would become 11 when Judas turned his back on it. And they were very human men. They had biases they want to know who's going to be the greatest and this and this and that and they're stepping over each other's foot today 2,000 years later there's 2.4 billion people that's almost a third of the human population somehow some way names the name of Jesus Christ I mean what yeah if we if we rediscover the art and the responsibility of making disciples we will flip the world it's just what it is why you don't have to be a professional it doesn't require financing. It doesn't require zoning. It doesn't require. It's simply praying that God would put two or three people into your life, right. my life, that we can help along the way because people have helped us along the way. But in a year, two years, they can then go make disciples, run the numbers out. This is not one, two, three, four. This is two, four, eight. It's exponential growth, mm-hmm. really. 
Jan, um, you know, I'm reading a book. It might have been a book you gave me, uh, Lead Like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the key foundation principle in there is the fact that he was always a servant leader. And when you take a look at some of the books that I studied for business, and, you know, I was always into these case studies back in the day, and I always, you know, it was always more of a dictator leader, somebody that had a very strong personality that I migrated to, especially because I thought, you know, during hard times, you'd have to have a leader like that to pick the company up. Sure. And when you take a look at his style, you talk about putting the pyramid on its head, completely different style, but look at the implications worldwide now. The servant leader. Exactly. So, and, and that's really the key to the book, is you have to be a humble leader, but also servant to the people you're trying to lead. Exactly. Yeah. So getting back to Isaiah, David, yeah. in the uh, opening of Jesus' ministry, we already saw he opens the scroll and he reads mm-hmm. from Isaiah 61. Right. But then he begins his ministry in Matthew 4. It throws a little bit more light on this. This is the start of his ministry. Um it says in verse uh, 13, And leaving Nazareth, he came, dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Right. So what's going on now? We saw Jesus read from the scroll in Nazareth, right? Yes. Now he moves. He walks up to his what's called his headquarters for ministry, which is Capernaum. It's right in the top of the sea, uh, Lake Galilee. Mm-hmm. That it might be fulfilled by what prophet? Isaiah. What what scripture? Well, it's Isaiah 9. The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. Well, those were the tribal areas in the Galilee region. Like we're in Lorraine, and then we're going to go into Cuyahoga County. You know, you, you have different little cities in suburbs, you know, in counties. It's like the county, these tribal areas. But it says six, 700 years before Jesus came, these two regions where Jesus is living and ministering, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, so it's by the Jordan River, Galilee of the Gentiles. In other words, Lake Galilee, you had one side was Jews and the other side was predominantly Greek and Roman. Okay, uh, The people that sat in darkness have seen what? A great light. Not just a light, but a great light has appeared. And upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. And Jesus says, now. Uh, the time is fulfilled, repent for the kingdom of God. So he's saying up in this region, there's going to be this, not just a light, but a great light is going to appear. And it's going to be for the Gentiles as well as the Jews. Now that's spectacular news because when Jesus comes and says in John chapter 8 and John chapter 9, I am the light of the world. And he's up in that region and he's you know, healing sick and giving sight to the blind and raising the dead. It's gone. You see what I'm saying? It's total perfect fulfillment of what it says in Isaiah 9. What's interesting about Isaiah 9, if you go down a little bit further in that chapter, that's where it will say, unto us a child is born, yes. unto us a saint. Mm-hmm. So there can't be any confusion who yeah. this great light yeah. is. The deity of Christ again. We're Did, back to yeah. that, John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it says, that's for so unto important. us yeah. a child is given, that's his humanity, right. but unto us a son is given. Yeah. See, he's born a child, You know, the word became his flesh, but the Son, for God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son. A Son is given. He was a Son throughout all eternity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You understand this principle? Yeah. That's why it'll say in Micah, Out of Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the nations, out of you shall come forth Him who is from all eternity. See, we are finite. We have a starting point, you know, when we're born. Mm-hmm. We're finite. Jesus did mm-hmm. not. That's why a symbol, oftentimes, of deity is uh, 
circle. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't yeah. have a beginning yeah. and he's yeah. the alpha and the omega. Yeah. And all, all this just clips yeah. together, clip, clip, mm-hmm. you know, how's it going? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, um, in terms of that, John, you know, you think about it and everybody thinks that Jesus and God were not in control of this situation because he was led to slaughter like a lamb. But uh-huh. He was in complete control. They were in complete control of the situation. You know, there's a lot of this in Isaiah 53. Uh, I don't know if you want to if you want to skip to that, or if you want to keep going down the path you're on. Well, yeah, we'll get to 53 right, is that. the crown jewel. Okay. Because right. as you move through Jesus' ministry, if you look at chapter 42 for a minute, David. Okay. Uh, and and this tells you a lot about our Lord if you read verses. Isaiah 42? Uh, uh-huh. Maybe Wanda has that. But chapter 42, okay. 1 through 4, please. 42. Uh-huh. I have it. Okay. 1 through 4. Behold, this is King James Version. Okay, good. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, mine, ex- mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and he and the smoking flask, flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he hath till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles ha- shall ha- shall wait for his law. Okay, thank you. Do you see the beginning? Yeah. Behold. Whenever you see behold, that means like it's a proclamation. Yeah. Didn't get your attention. Heads up. Yeah. Or you're kind of like, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one, whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. At the baptism of Jesus at the River Jordan, what did the voice out of heaven say? Behold, this is my son whom I am well, well pleased. Well pleased. Yeah. And what happened at that time? The, the Holy dog, Spirit. Yeah. Do you right. understand yes. what's going on uh, here? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And then he says, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to who? The nations. Gentiles yeah. or the nations. Everybody. This is this is yeah. very interesting. Because yeah. the Jews always felt, well, it's for us and it's for our homeland. We're sitting here today as Gentiles because of this going on here. Mm-hmm. What does this mean, though? Uh, he will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break mm. and a smoking flax he will not quench. Mm. What does that mean about this coming one who God delights? What does that tell you about his character? Well, he's he's not going to uh, shout or cry. He's very humble. That's it. Yeah. And what does it mean? He won't, uh, a smoking flax he will not quench. It's like a little flickering candle. You know, yeah. the wick is... Yeah. He's so gentle, and he will mm. not snuff that out. That pilot and a broken going, yeah. reed is one that's already, and his his step is so gentle, he will not crush. Oh, wow. I mean, think how God dealt with yeah. the three of us. Oh, well. oh, yes. Not in harshness. Oh, my God. Am I right? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, could have really. I think I was more than a broken <laughs> reed. <laughs> but, but you yeah, know what I'm saying? I was, I was <laughs> run over by a bus. <laughs> Literally, you were. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm just saying, it tells us something about his character. Right. Yes. That's why Jesus will say in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right. Learn of me, for I am what? Gentle and meek, and my burden is not heavy. Right. That's, yeah. He doesn't come with like a stick, you know, yes. you know learn this. Yeah. Learn, you know, yes. He's gentle. And that, in all honesty, his gentleness can be crushing because you think, Oh my uh. goodness, I'm the sinner, he's the Savior. He took the hit for me, and just knowing that it can be like overwhelming. But 
But now look look down what it says here. Go down a little bit further. Yeah. <clears throat> he says, verse 6, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I will hold your hand. Uh -huh. I will keep you and give you as a what? Covenant. Covenant to the people. people. And light for the Gentiles. He brings yeah. the new covenant. Yeah. Wow, yeah. You understand mm -hmm. this? Yes. Now he says what? As a light to the wow. Gentiles. Yeah. The reason the three of us don't walk in darkness today is because we are Gentiles that have seen the light. Mm -hmm. Mm. So what's some of the things he's going to do in verse 7? Open blind eyes. Pre-captives from prison. There you go. Those who sit in darkness, darkness, blindness, out of, mm -hmm. out of that oppression. Yeah. I am the Lord. That is my... Uh -huh. Do you understand how this? Yeah. you walk through this? Yeah. And this is 700 years prior to his ministry events. Hmm. Lock solid. Boy. Not only is it lock solid, but it's experiential in our lives today in 2018. You know, this is this is kind of like uh, the thing that, 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 that's why he says in verse 9, Behold, the former things have come to pass. In other words, we're reading about these prophecies that have come to pass. Mm -hmm. and then he says, And new things I declare before they spring forth. What? I tell you about them. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, he's... He's, uh, he's God. He's prophetic. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 14 and chapter 13 to his apostles, I'm going to tell you this before it happens so that after it happens, you might believe. Right. Wow. You'll find no other holy book, no other religious book or philosophical book on philosophy that will ever make that claim. Wow. Can't do it. Can't do it. Because you have to be out of space and time to mm -hmm. make these kind of yeah. predictive mm -hmm. claims. So here we see... Hmm. Um, uh, as this uh, his ministry unfolds here, if mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying, yeah. and same thing. I mean, in in regards to this, uh, he's coming on the scene. And if you look at chapter 40, since we're right in this region, okay. you look at 40, and then he's coming. Uh, Isaiah and, chapter 40. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And look what it says in verse uh, three. Okay. I have a voice okay. of one calling in the wilderness: Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Yeah. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. Okay, what's yeah. he talking about here? Who's the voice of one coming in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. And when he, this is poetic language, when he says make straight in the desert a highway uh, for our God, Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain. This means make things smooth. Every crooked place shall be made straight. In other words, this means repentance. It's poetic language. But when I lived in Thailand for many years, whenever the king or the prince of the royal family was coming up to our town, like six months before, they would be out painting the storefronts, sweeping up, getting rid of stray dogs, doing all this stuff. And all the king did really was just pass through the town in a motorcade. But they were preparing the way for the king. How do we prepare the way for the coming kingdom? By repenting and getting things right. You know, the rough places shall be smooth. Then it says what? The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Mm. What does it say in John chapter 1? We beheld his glory as one of the only begotten Son of God. We beheld his glory. And now he's coming. And then it says, um, when you go down, it tells you something about him. But look what it says. <clears throat> um, look what it says in verse 10. Ten behold, and eleven. Mm -hmm. Behold, the Lord God will come with a, with strong hand, 
and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with that are with young. Do you see what it's talking yes. about his character here? Yeah. But see, when he comes, he's going to be like a shepherd. So when Jesus makes this claim in John <clears throat> chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. Yeah. See, he cannot make that claim. Just like when the rich man comes to Jesus, he says, uh, good master, good teacher, what must I do? He says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Jesus was not denying he wasn't, but he wanted to know why the guy was calling him that. You see, mm -hmm. to call yourself good in that referencing a shepherd means you're this shepherd. Hmm. I am the good shepherd, mm -hmm. Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. The Lord is, And he's saying, when he comes, he'll be like a shepherd. Yeah. Remember Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Mm -hmm. I lead them beside still waters. I bring, And all of these things that we can appropriate today because we're the sheep of, and he's the shepherd. Yeah. You yeah. know, It's amazing it how this links together. Okay, before we get to Isaiah 53 there, I just want to look at one no, more thing. Sure. In chapter 35, okay. um, this is when he comes. And some of the things that when he comes, um, um, what he's going to do. And if you look at verse 3, 4, and 5. Okay. You got it, Dave? Yes. Okay. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. In verse 6. Then will the lame leap like a deer mm. and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. You see what happens when Boy. he comes? You kidding? Mm. I mean, he's coming Holy and he's telling God. people, do not fear. Yeah. How many times does Jesus say that? Do not fear. Yeah. Do not fear. I will save you. But I'm going to open the blind eyes. The deaf are going to hear. See, when Jesus comes as king, if somebody claims they're a king, you're going to say to them, well, show me your king. Let me mm -hmm. see your authority. That's basically what Moses and Pharaoh, Pharaoh was saying, oh, yeah, Moses, we've got yeah. authority. Show me. Yeah, okay, you want to see point, it? Yeah. He starts yeah. doing these mm -hmm. miracles, right? Right. If you want to see the king of kings come, yeah. what does he have authority over? He has authority over water. Mm -hmm. He has authority over storms. Mm -hmm. He has authority over demons. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over demons. He has authority over death. Everybody, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Yeah. And, and so this yeah. is all that's going on here. Yeah. Blind eyes, no big deal for him. Death. And so it's authenticating his ministry. And that leads us to where we're going with your passages in Isaiah 53, 52 and 53, David. So you see the ministry of Jesus yeah. moving through the book of Isaiah. Mm -hmm. uh, before I, I want to go on, I just want to give our number out again. Yeah. Uh, once again, this is 89.1 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Our phone number here is 440-399-3044. Once again, that's 440-399-3044. If you like the live stream, that's WNZN.org, www.wnzn.org. And so we're looking at the book of Isaiah. We did a flyover, so to speak, because we, oh, so we're going to yeah. close it today yeah. uh, shortly. But do you see how you walk through it and it leads you really to the chapter, the last chapters of Isaiah 65? It talks about a new heaven and a new earth. It talks about the lion laying down with the lamb, he, that God will actually restore the cosmos, the, the, 
all of nature is broken now. Mm-hmm. It's out of harmony. When the Messiah comes, he starts with individuals and it moves forward, mm-hmm. but even nature itself and there's, you know, it, all these things like in the end of the book mm-hmm. of Revelation. You know, Jan, for me, when we were just reading those passages, it's kind of like a rebirth, like, you know, um, like the earth is rejoicing Mm -hmm. in its presence. And that's the way we should feel right now. I know it's hard. It is hard. But that's the way we should feel because we're saved. It's just like when he came down then. Nothing has changed. And I think the, the challenge in our lives today, at least from my perspective, is we think this happened a long time ago. And it doesn't have implications for us. No, he, he was on the planet a long time ago, but because he saved us from our sins and died on the cross and rose again, we, we can create this life like we're reading right now exactly. in our own world. It's there for the taking. And that's the important thing I hope everybody can start to see on their own that is starting to follow in the Lord. And you've helped me with that, John, just by the way you live your life and the mm-hmm. miracles I've seen in your own life. And that's really where you get this. You know, you might not be sitting in a desert and streams come up in front of you. You know, don't take me literally like that. But I think in your own life, um, you can start to see these miracles. And and that's what this is about, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's poetic. It's it's Hebrew uh, uh, poetry, hyperbole. It's when it says the hills, the trees will clap their hands, the hills will run and Mm -hmm. jump. You know, it's it's all this using these uh, metaphors. That we do today, in a, like if we say it's raining cats and dogs, right? Or uh, he's walking on uh, uh, eggshells, or you know, it's it's using these idioms. But when he talks about nature, yeah. about the streams, mm-hmm. well, think of Jesus. He says, "Hey, come to me. I'm the source of living waters. You believe in me, you'll never thirst again." It's all this like refreshing and flourishing. And uh, because why? Before we come to Christ, we were living in a parched land. Oh, yeah. Am I right? We might be very wealthy, but there's yeah. like a wilderness. We're in uh, darkness. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, and, that's what it is. And we're looking, yeah. you know, right. where can I get some kind of satisfaction? Where can Absolutely. I get some purpose or yeah. meaning to life? I'm, you know, I'm grasping. Mm. In Christ, you know, you're satisfied. You yes. know, you come into the kingdom, and once you've established a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you're a child of God. Yeah. You've moved from the courtroom mm-hmm. into the living room. Yeah. yeah. You see, we're not under probation anymore. You and too, I say this because I, too many Christians I meet mm-hmm. are still in the courtroom. They're still mm-hmm. thinking, "What must I do? Am I mm-hmm. all, are all my sins forgiven?" You know, yeah. you got to move. We got to move from the courtroom where God says He set us free. All your sins shall be forgiven, and moved into the living room, yes. where we can rest Absolutely. in the fact that we're a child of God. Okay, so this moves us, David. We can look at a lot more, but it moves oh, yeah. us into chapter 52. Mm-hmm. What do you want to read in 52? Go ahead. Okay, well, again, in Isaiah, uh, this is going to set up this whole thing about uh, the Messiah is now coming. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to talk about the coming good news where it will say... Um, Uh, verse 7 how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who proclaim peace who bring glad tidings this is actually where we get the word gospel who proclaims salvation who says your god's reigns and then then it goes down further um to talk about the suffering servant and look at verse uh 13 and 14 isaiah 52 i got it one see my servant will act wisely he will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. 
just as there were many who were appalled at him, mm -hmm. his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred behind human likeness. Okay, wow. stop there one second. Yeah. Do you notice, again, it says, Behold my servant, but he's going to be <clears throat> highly exalted, but there's this suffering element. And that's yeah. why, see, many people were looking for Messiah to come, uh, not on a, on a, on a donkey, Right. Uh, but on a white stallion, yeah. uh, victorious, uh, get rid of the Romans and get rid of, be the king. But first he comes as this suffering servant. But notice what it says here. Just as many were astonished, so his form was marred more than any man. Now that, and his Boy. form more than, the, <clears throat> what is that saying? Oh, he was beaten into. He was, it was yeah. unreal. Yeah. We can't imagine. He could have died with just the, the beating that he had even before the cross. Yeah, this is this is the deal, you know that um, he is so beaten and bludgeoned, and these were cruel Roman soldiers. They they was like it's the, it's like real uh, uh, mean mischievous boys get a hold of a little sparrow or something, yeah. and just torment, yeah. and, you know, yeah. tear a wing off, yeah. and it's it's really vicious. And that leads us into Isaiah fifty three, which is of course is one of the most famous uh, of all. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you said who has believed our report? And this is true. Who has believed it even to this day? You know, when the gospel goes out, some believe and some do not. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been? Then what does it say about him in verse 2? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when, he, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. What is that saying about him? Well, he's just, he's an ordinary man. He's a common man. Yeah. He's, you know, it'll say in the Old Testament, like Joseph, he was handsome. Mm -hmm. Or Saul in the Old Testament, he was a tall man. He was mm -hmm. taller than other. It'll say of Sarah, she was very beautiful. Not so our Lord. He comes in the most common, almost nondescript. It's yeah. not the Hollywood version. Absolutely. You know, it's not, you know, uh -huh. he's so much so that he has to be, point it out when they come to arrest him yeah. at Gethsemane. They have to point him out. There he is. He's not like Jim Caviezel in the past, mm -hmm. you know, this real just, mm -hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But he's just, a, every man, so to speak, a common, there's no beauty that we should desire. And he comes from a humble beginning, a dry ground. Then it says he is despised and rejected by men. Mm. Is he still despised and rejected by men today? Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, studies have been done. And they say Jesus is the only name people use as a curse word. I know. I don't, all yeah. my years living in Thailand, I never heard people use the Buddha. And of course, I never heard him use Muhammad. Wow. But Jesus is, they use that as a curse word. He's despised and he's rejected by men. Do you understand this yeah. principle? Study that sometime. He says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, yeah. as it were, our faces from him. This is when the apostles will leave. They'll run away, at even at this most trying time. They, they, it says they stood from afar off. And it says what? He was mm. despised, and we did not esteem him. Mm. Go on, David. I know you, you, you worked so No, some... No, I, I like where you're going, John. I'll, I'll chime in, um, because each one of those lines has implications. Mm -hmm. You know, this if you is... take a look at it. Um, <clears throat> so, so keep going. Well, yeah. you know, when you think of the life of Jesus, I mean... If humans were making up this story, we probably wouldn't have scripted it like this. No. I mean, he comes into the world, he's born in a barn yeah. or a cave, yeah. he's laid in an animal trough. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was doubt at his birth, 
you know, yeah. uh, there's some indication he was disparaged because they said Mary was pregnant and she wasn't, you know, yeah. there's all this kind of scorn and stuff. And even his brothers, it says in several of the gospels, they, they didn't, they didn't know what was wrong with him. He was, he was, he was an outcast, not an outcast, but he was somewhat despised. And of course, as his ministry gets going, they call him all kinds of names. Yeah. They say, you're a Samaritan. Other times they say, you have a devil, uh, all of this. And then it says, in verse, despite all this, what does it say in verse 4? Surely or truly, yeah. he has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. Mm-hmm. He's got his own, but he's carrying ours. Yeah. You know, he, why, why is he doing that? Yet we did, we, we esteemed him stricken. Yeah. Notice this, he's smitten by God. Yeah. See, again, this was God's plan. That's mm-hmm. why it'll say in Acts chapter 4, by God's preordained plan, you guys have crucified the Son of Man. But we think, well, no, no, the Romans did it. No, the Jewish leaders, no, this one did it. Well, in a sense, we all did it, you know. Mm. But it was God's plan. Yeah. Yes. We, you know, yeah. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's his he, plan. But back then, they didn't understand why he was suffering. They didn't understand the reasons why. Not fully. No. Not fully. Because uh, hmm. it says, smitten by God and afflicted. And he was wounded for who? For our transgressions. That's important. Yeah. Not he was his... bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Um, stripes. Yeah. Not his transgressions. Mm-hmm. It was See, for us. Yeah. It was for us. Right. That's why yeah. when you study it, he's like the Passover lamb. Right. When did the uh, Israelites get out of the house of bondage of Egypt? When the lamb was sacrificed and the blood was put on the doorpost, remember? Yes. God says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. But one of the things about that lamb, it had to be unblemished. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. couldn't have spot or blemish. Well, when Jesus comes in on Palm Sunday and he goes through those series of trials, three religious, three civil, what were they looking for? Remember what, what Pilate would say? I can't find, find any fault, fault with this. The same fault. thing Judas says. I betrayed innocent blood. <clears throat> Several people, non-believers, have said to Jesus, we can't find anything wrong with this. We can't. What they didn't know they were doing, they were inspecting the lamb to see if it had spot or blemish. Uh, yeah. They didn't even know they were yeah. doing that. And so he's the perfect offering. And then it says, um, he was wounded for our, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him by his stripes we are healed, or we receive salvation. Yeah. Yes. Then it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Mm. Every one of us turned to what? Our, Our own, own way. way. Have we not? Mm. I mean, before we came to Christ, yeah. we were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm. But this goes to that good shepherd theme. Mm. You were the sheep. He's the shepherd. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of who? Us all. Us all. Yeah. Yeah. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Right. That is the great message of the gospel story. He was, now read the verse two, uh, 7. Uh-huh. He, he was, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead, Wanda, you got it. Okay, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. So here he is. Even in his yeah. trials, he doesn't proclaim his innocence. He doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't say anything. Hardly. He was silent. To yeah. His accusers. Mm. The only time he does say it is like when the high priest puts him under oath. Mm-hmm. He says, "I adjure you by the living God. Art thou the Christ?" And then Jesus says, "Thou sayest." You'll see me coming back on clouds. And then he says, "The, the high priest knew he was making a claim of deity right there." Yeah. But he doesn't open his mouth. He's not. 
yeah. interested in defending his uh, hmm. innocence mm-hmm. here because he knows. And then it says he was taken from prison and from judgment. And he'll go, you'll see, trial to trial. Yeah. And they're all illegal. They're held at night. There's no witnesses that concur. Um, it's all, yeah. it, they're, they're terrible. Uh, who will declare his generation? For he will be cut off from the land of the living. There's death. Mm. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. Mm. Not his, for the people. For the people. Yeah. And then it says, and they made his grave with the wicked. And he dies with two thieves. Right. You know, he dies and he's with those two thieves, which is a perfect picture of humanity. Mm. Because why? Because we are in this world and we're dying. You know, some of us have 70 mm-hmm. years, some of us have 90 years, some, but essentially we're dying, right? Mm-hmm. But like the two thieves, we're both, we're guilty. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But like the two thieves, we all have an opportunity to turn to Christ. And like the thief, say, I'm a sinner. I'm, you yeah. know, yeah. Lord, remember mm-hmm. me yeah. when you come into your mm-hmm. kingdom. Or we can be like the other one right. who laughs and disparages and mocks Jesus. Yeah. This is humanity. Yeah. This is a picture of humanity. Absolutely. And, and and but we can be like the good thief uh, so to speak, yeah. and say Lord remember me mm-hmm. I repent yeah. I put my trust in you and Jesus says truly this day you'll be with me in paradise mm-hmm. so he made his grave he died that is to say with the wicked with the wicked and then he uh, he went into his uh, mm-hmm. grave site uh, with the rich man's with the grave rich. yeah and you can Joseph see it to this day Luke 25 50 through 56 it was a tomb mm-hmm. that was never used because they would reuse tombs yeah. they were very right. expensive because mm-hmm. you had to carve out stone and that mm-hmm. and uh, but the rich man gave it to him yeah. you know it shows you something about Jesus too he didn't own anything I know. Yeah. you yeah. know I mean yeah. when he wanted the donkey he says go you'll borrow mm-hmm. it when he wanted to go preach he says push the boat out can I use your boat to go out and preach a sermon you know, he, time and again, he says, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has no place. He comes into this world and he just like glides yeah. through it. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he it's very interesting yeah. from a it, human it, point of it view. It changes your view on material possessions, doesn't it, John? Not only that, but it's some geez. suggest wow. that the only thing he really owned was the the, the, the robe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Remember the woman yeah. touched yes. the robe? The, right. And they wouldn't they wouldn't cut it up. They said it's seamless. We don't. Mm-hmm. Well, he was seamless. He was the Alpha and the Omega. He had Absolutely. no starting point. Absolutely. Okay. That's unbelievable. John, yeah. go, I know we only have a few minutes, but can we go just back just a little bit where even on the cross, mm-hmm. and we just read in the scripture where he was beaten and marred, but yet he still took the time to save a soul. Not only to save, it's a good point, Wanda. Yeah. He not only saves a soul. Now, don't forget, surgeons will tell you on that cross, crucifixion, mm-hmm. the whole thing there was suffocation because mm-hmm. you had to keep pushing right. yourself yeah. up mm-hmm. to raise your diet and catch your breath of air. Yeah. So what he does on the cross, look, number one, like you say, Wanda, he forgives. the, the mm-hmm. uh, But he also says, Father, forgive, forgive them. them. Yeah. Roman soldiers, they, they don't know what they're doing. That's So individual and then general, but then in, uh, family, a family. He says, son, behold your mother. Mm-hmm. Mother, behold... He's taking care of other people's mm-hmm. stuff, his concerns with others, and he's, he's we get the word excruciation or excruciating from crux crucius, which is cross. Wow. Do you ever have excruciating pain like a root canal? Or yeah, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Well, magnify that. Right. That's excruciating. Yeah. He was in excruciation, and he's he's worried about other people. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's concerned. This is the love of God. Yeah. 
so uh, it's a good point, Wanda, yeah. you bring up there. Yeah. And then it says, of course, he made his grave uh, with, the, with the rich. I always mm -hmm. think, well, the rich man maybe knew he was going to get it back in three days. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says, yet it, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Notice that? It was the Lord's plan. Do you believe that? It's the Lord's mm. plan. It was his pleasure to bruise him. That's them. why it's so terrible in Christian history yeah. when Christians uh, persecuted Jewish people in Spain and the pogroms and everything else mm -hmm. be, because they blamed them for the, the, the no this was God's plan he uses human instruments Gentiles Romans yeah. Jewish yes yeah. all of us in a sense yeah. but it was it, it, for it, he was yeah it pleased the Lord to bruise him in other Jeez. words he completed his great plan he has put him to grief when you make your soul an offering for sin you see what he's doing here oh. his without the shedding of blood there's, There's no, no remission, remission of, sin. of sin. So he does that. And he shall see his seed, that's us, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. In other words, now look at it, it lifts up. It goes from darkness to light. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. That's to include the three of us today. Mm -hmm. For he shall bear their iniquities. Yeah. Therefore, I would divide them. See how it lifts? Yeah. We, we won't go on, but you see how th this uplifting sense of resurrection is happening here. Uh, and on and on. And so wow. it is so powerful, especially as we move towards Easter. Mm -hmm. And we'll pick this up later, perhaps. But this whole idea of that, uh, I don't know how you get around this stuff. I really don't know. If you're looking, yeah. if, if I'm an unbeliever with an open mind, and I'll look at, just the book of Isaiah, let alone Genesis or Psalms, or uh, how do you how yeah. do you move around this kind of stuff and say, oh, none of this can be true and none yeah. of this can be, you know, I don't I don't get it. I don't either. It's uh, you know it's one of those things that uh, John, you really have to just start to embrace it and read it, and then have other people help you see what what the lens is really saying. You know, and and then just the last thing is you finish reading that. The offering of the Messiah does not end the story. He lives on. He lives to see his seed, his spiritual descendants move forward. That's like us. us. And that's where we talk about creating the disciples. It's such a wonderful story, uh, a rebirth of our world and ourselves and our souls. Exactly right. And gosh, embrace it. Embrace it and prove it. You know, I mean, yeah. it, just try it. Is I mean, you know... <laughs> um, <laughs> like my friend says, I, I, I share this because I'm a satisfied yeah. customer. Yeah. But I mean, like <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, so as we go to the Easter season, yeah. uh, thank you again, Wanda. Thank you, uh, Wanda Ewing, Powerful. station engineer. Thanks, Wanda. Next week, God willing, we'll have Michael Shinigo. We'll be yes. on the show and be doing Michael's uh, thing with the great man with apologetics and explaining and oh, proving yes. uh -huh. the the manuscripts. And then in the future, uh, we're looking to have a show on spiritual warfare. Why is there evil in the world today? Armor of God. Uh, armor right, of God. Right. You know, um, why doesn't God do something about it? People will say that. We'll try to answer some of those questions. And as you say, David, Ephesians 6, how do we put on the whole armor of God? You know, the Bible says the, uh, Satan or the enemy comes to rob, kill, destroy. Look around the news today. You see this destruction, this killing going on. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So we'll look at that. We have some special guests coming. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Sang, the Dr. Christian Sang's psychiatrist. Back. He's going to look at the whole spiritual dimension of happiness from a psychiatrist's point of yeah. view. So uh, He's great. Okay, yeah. so that's it. And maybe I'll pray yes. uh, for our audience and for all of us again, as, as particularly as we move into this uh, Lenten season going Absolutely. towards Easter. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. We thank you for this radio station. We thank you for these microphones, Lord, where your word can go out. You say your word will not go out and return void, but it will complete the purpose that you've accomplished for it. And so again, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for Isaiah 53, that you were wounded for our transgressions, you were bruised for our iniquities. And Lord, you, 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 you who knew no sin became sin, that we, who are we, might become the righteousness of God. So we lay all our plans before you, Lord. I ask a special blessing upon everyone that listened in this morning, especially those that are hurting, that are doubtful, that are depressed, or maybe that don't really have a relationship with you, but they're curious, Lord. I pray that you would touch them and with your desire, knowing that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all may come to repentance. So again, Lord, we thank you for this station. Thank you for 89.1. We pray, Lord, that it would just continue to go forward. Uh, to magnify you, your word, and to bring glory to you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Jesus Amen. 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 Have a good weekend, everybody. Have a good weekend.